Okay, Joel, quick question. Yep. What happens when your phone vibrates or your texting alert goes off? <laughs> Dude, I pretty much check it immediately. And I bet everyone listening is reaching to check their phones right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I call it our Pavlovian dog reflex to text messaging. Yeah, that's probably why text messaging has a freaking 97% open rate. What? Crazy high candidate response rate within the first hour alone. Which are all great reasons why the Chad and Cheese podcast love text to hire from Next. Love it. Yep, that's right. Next with the double X. Not the triple X. So if you're in talent acquisition, you want true engagement and great ROI. That stands for return on investment, folks. And because this is the Chad and Cheese podcast, you can try your first text to hire campaign for just 25% off. Wow. So how do you get this discount? You're asking yourself right now. Tell them, Chad. It's very simple. You go to chadcheese.com. And you click on the next logo in the sponsor area. Easy. No long URL to remember. Yeah. Just go where you know. Chadcheese.com and next with two X's. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hey guys, it's Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. You know us well. Uh, Part of our series from Banff, The Gathering. We're here with Chris... Neeland, CEO of Colt Collective. No one listening to this knows who you are. So give us a, a 140 character about you and your agency and how you're different. Um, that's interesting because my, my, me and my agency are two different things. So I'm a uh, father of three, a loving husband, and an all-around nice guy. Uh, my, we're going to fact check that, by the way. My agency, your wife? yeah, exactly. She's around. She's around. She's around. Um, my agency is what we call ourselves audience engagement experts. Um, we subscribe to the idea that getting customers is not that hard. Uh, what you should be doing is trying to create cult-like followings, and that implies. Uh, uh, using a different uh, belief system and certainly using different behaviors. Now, you presented here uh, yesterday and you did some a session today. You are a big fan of employees. I absolutely. Talk about that. Like they are the center of your your world and as a strategy and as a business. Talk about that. Well, I'm a, uh, there's two things. There's a truth, which is that the world's most beloved brands build that brand love from the inside out, and that begins with the staff. Uh, but there's also, I think, an egregious problem, which is that employees uh, are largely abandoned by many corporations by being either commoditized and treated as you know an HR uh, commodity to be mitigated and uh, you know keep the people happy and throw them some you know some donuts on Fridays and and the marketing team who I think has the responsibility to be a proper steward over the employees are distracted looking outside at customers and prospects and therefore I I do believe that employees don't have the kind of uh, leadership at their disposal that they should. I have that slide because that slide being able to separate HR from marketing and the big question is okay we're just talking to, to, to Douglas and 
And uh, from our standpoint, being on the HR, being on the recruiting side, we see a whole fractured brand that has just emanated probably because a symptom of that the overall brand sucks. Um, but there's actually employment brand people in HR. What do you, why? 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 How did this happen? I don't like the idea of employer branding. I think it should just be branding and that you shouldn't have a different face to the outside world that you have in the inside world. And the problem is, is companies that are struggling realize, well, my brand isn't that inspiring. So I'm going to have to now fabricate and make up a whole new brand and a whole new personality to try to attract some talent. And uh, with the, the best brands, and Douglas, we're talking about Airbnb, they, they, they're not separate entities. It's just the Airbnb brand. There's no employer brand. Brand and consumer brand. Why aren't marketing and HR talking to each other? Uh, I, I really <laughs> you should have seen his face when, when <laughs> uh, you know a couple of things. I think that HR professionals in many cases have a lot of insecurity it, when they get into audience engagement stuff. There's glaring. You know, they don't go to school to learn this stuff. They don't go to conferences to learn this stuff. And so um, you don't want to lean into weaknesses typically. And marketing, I think, feels overwhelmed. Like they already have a pretty big to-do list. And so you're now asking me to do one more thing. And my point is your to-do list would actually get less if you started with the employees. All these other symptoms that you're focusing on would go away. Does marketing look down on HR? I kind of think most people look down on <laughs> HR. <laughs> Ouch. Well, All around nice guy. <laughs> I love we it. just lost everybody. Uh, I love it. No, we didn't. I, I, well, listen, the, the only person that's maybe more neutered at the C-suite table is the head of HR. Again, it, I think it's an inappropriate look now. I'm not saying I condone it. I just don't see HR people being the most persuasive, the best funded, the most uh, politically adept. Like, they're not navigating organizations most of the time but until you find a cult brand until you find an organization where they are like and even like a Facebook like when a Sheryl Sandberg yeah she's COO but she's really head of people and culture as much as she is you know technology and operations kind of stuff so when brands get it spectacularly right that executive is the right hand to the CEO but rarely is it the CEO and then it falls into the well whose job is this and then we start making up titles like head of people or head of culture because neither HR or marketing live up to the responsibility well, on the recruiting side rec i mean recruiting trying to pull in new candidates those individuals obviously could be using your brand your, your product your service um the the, the virgin media uh, case study where they showed that they they lost six million dollars because uh they had a, a horrible user experience for candidates and they weren't treating candidates like customers uh they turned that and said hey let's try to keep that six million and let's let not to mention there's like a seven million dollar on top of that of individuals who are not using our product do you believe that from an hr standpoint they do have power to be able to impact the bottom line especially with all those people but they just don't they don't wield it yeah yeah 100 100 and you also said something that made me realize there's a difference in my mind between a employer branding and recruitment marketing mm -hmm. and i actually think if the marketing team should be using recruitment marketing as a way to improve the brand. Because if I saw what kind of people you were trying to get and what standards you were holding up, then I might think differently about your brand. If most marketing departments knew how many resumes were in the database that are marketing opportunities, they would be talking 100%, to HR. And that, doesn't, that conversation doesn't happen in 100%. organizations. Well, and organizations spend 
in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars on recruitment advertising to pull in all these prospective customers as well. But again, marketing is like closing their eyes. They've got the blinders on. Yeah, to and it. at the same time, it's also, hey, even if you didn't get the job, how am I letting you down? Hey, I, I, thank you for your submission. It's in the queue. But meanwhile, go check out our product. I mean, there's a whole ecosystem a there. To Do to something that Free tacos. Them, <laughs> that gets them lathered up about who you are so that even if they don't get the job, they still don't say something negative about you. They should love you more even after getting declined. You said something really interesting uh, in your session about referrals. Um, And you may want to tell that story uh, as context, but in our business, referrals are still the number one way that companies find new employees. And there have been Time and time again, vendors and people trying to um, sort of build software around a referral system, right? It's like, refer, you know, blast this out to your social media. If anyone applies and they get hired, we'll, we'll give you $500 or whatever it is. And they all fail. How does, why does that model fail and what would be a successful model well, for employee referrals? <laughs> it's again, we're trying to monetize something believing that money is the reason that people do what they do. And mm-hmm. if I really care about you, I want you to have an amazing job. If I really love my company, I want people to be able to come and experience it. And I think good HR research also shows that one of the biggest indicators of your affinity for your employer is, do you have a best friend at work? Like it's just, you're spending eight to 10 hours there. You want to like the people that you hang out with. So all the stars are aligned to say everybody wants to make sure that the great people are on this bus. Why taint it with now let's start throwing money into the mix that would motivate me to bring somebody that's not an A player or might motivate somebody that isn't perfectly, uh, you know, if I'm not getting incentivized to come in for an interview, it just, it, it cheapens the whole thing. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Talk about the Geek Squad example that you had, and do you think that model could work? Yeah, with I think employment? so. The Geek Squad model, uh, you know, uh, to make a short story shorter, uh, they tested the idea of rather than giving people money to either refer or be referred, they gave them essentially access and, and exclusivity. So if I had gotten a Geek Squad service done, I'd be given a, a secret card with a phone number that would give me privileges of not having to wait and get quicker uh, same-day delivery and whatnot. And I had the ability to then share that number with my friends that were also having some tech support issues. And the people's ability to say, hey, I've got a way to help you and to give you a privilege I got, I got access. I got the insider deal. I insider deal. That's exactly right. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, everybody yeah. wants to yeah. know a guy. Yeah, that they can feel get special. You. Yeah. So it's all that psychology. And and you're dealing with the, the, the alligator brain as opposed to this rational, what's the ROI on what this thing is going to be. Yeah. So I know we don't have a lot of time. Because we've got other people wanting to use the booth. Uh, the gathering. 
This was amazing. This was for our oh, first time, you. I mean, we saw brands on stage, and we saw, I mean, the level of individuals who were talking, VPs, Mar- Marvel Studios, LA Lakers, Airbnb, I mean, the list goes on. How do you get these cult brands to buy into something like this? This is the sixth year, and you guys are, are growing every year. How do you do it? It does get easier each year. <laughs> I mean, year one was the biggest one because oh, yeah. they had to take a giant leap of faith. Uh, I think I'd say it's two things. One, we invite them. I think uh, sometimes you just have to have the guts to ask. And uh, I think we apply a certain amount of uh, mystery and, and uh, intrigue to make them, to draw them in a little bit. Uh, and it's also, there's just a high correlation between cult brand leaders and just really good people. Uh, they want to, they know that they're doing something special and they're not selfishly keeping it to themselves. Like the openness with which they talk is shocking about their, the, the warts and all, right? They're not pretending mm-hmm. like everything they do is the Midas touch. Uh, so you find a, you, you, you properly invite a really nice person and some good things happen. So pivoting from the big brands to the small brands for a little bit. And I think a lot of smaller companies out there feel overwhelmed, you know, like, yeah, it's nice to be the Lakers or Airbnb, but they have more candidates than they know what to do with. What advice would you give a a smaller company? I assume your agency is is not a huge organization. Um, How do they sort of get outside that box, maybe guerrilla, guerrilla strategies to recruit better, uh, even though they're not a huge brand? Yeah, two thoughts. One is, I mean, I, I liked Marvel being here because I liked reminding people in 1996 they almost went, but they did go bankrupt. Nobody's exempt. Big does not mean that the rules don't apply to you, and even small guys can learn from the big guys because they used to be small uh, as well. So I don't subscribe to the idea, well, I don't have anything to learn from the Lakers because I'm not a $60 billion basketball franchise. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, the other part would be I think that we leave no stone unturned in regards to where you can plus it up. I think some people say, well, I'm going to spend all my awesomeness on this outbound customer campaign, and then I'm going to do a lame indeed, you know, job description, uh, you know, and spend no energy on that. And it's like, guys, the, the best brands touch everything. I don't know if you guys saw the Cheetos uh, uh, thing here. That was probably my favorite presentation of the gathering. And they t- they did this pop-up restaurant. And even the toilet paper was uh, Chester <laughs> Cheetah toilet paper. It's like, guys, somebody went through that restaurant. The menu is the obvious one. The name and the logo, the spotted cheetah, mm-hmm. is the obvious one. But the decor, the, the, the little um, uh, treatments that they made throughout, there's a hundred little things. And I think that's how that separates the good from the great. One more time about the gathering. Just to be well, real quick, real quick, just because from the recruitment marketing side of the house, nobody was here, right? And there's recruitment marketing all over the place. And yes, we want it to be more holistic, but this is, I believe, where they should be. Give give me a quick pitch on why a company should be here. I know you don't pitch. Because you don't have to. What do you mean from the recruitment marketing? So recruitment marketing to be able to better understand brand overall and to be able to use that brand to bring in great talent. Well, I again, those types of people. I, there, there's two things. This is, I remember a few years ago when the CEO from Canopy was here. I mean, Canopy is Canada's largest marijuana uh, manufacturer and retailer now. He didn't know a lot about what this event was, but he knew there was phenomenal talent here. He, he stood up on stage and his first slide was, a, I'm hiring a CMO. <laughs> 
I, I, wow. All he really wanted was resumes, right? That's awesome. Uh, and I have been surprised, frankly. You get somebody like Jason White from Beats by Dre that's on the stage, bleeds this, works for an iconic multi-billion dollar company, and a month ago quits to go join a, a, a different company. Uh, the head of Tim Hortons was here. Couldn't have been a bigger fan. Gone. Goes to run Fairmont Hotels or Four Seasons or something like that. So it is interesting that uh, th- that there are people that are still looking to be inspired, looking for personal challenges, and looking for even more lucrative opportunities. And so uh, I, I, I've come to realize nobody's set. Everybody's got a bit of an opportunist. And so if you're looking for top talent, this is a pretty great place to find it. A question about sort of uh, reviews and employment brand. Obviously, you know Glassdoor and Indeed, and, and I'm sure you've dealt with companies uh, on the consumer side that have bad Yelp reviews or, yeah. or other things. Um, are you a believer in these sites? How should uh, a company tackle you know bad reviews? Um, is it just getting it right internally and fixing you know the organ instead so of Glassdoor is a perfect example of I'll go to a CMO usually that's usually our client and show them their Glassdoor ratings and they're usually pretty bad and they're like, yeah, that sucks. But they don't assume an ownership. They say, maybe you should go give that to HR, or maybe you should go give that to operations, or maybe you go give that to the CEO. But again, nobody takes those things as burning platforms to say, this must change. The guy from uh, uh, T-Mobile was here telling the story that when they started, they, they were like, number they were the last in customer service and customer service for wireless providers was last in in 20 categories like they were the bottom of the bottom and they as a leadership team said this is going to change and we went on this three-year journey to change and become the best rated customer service i've yet to see that with glassdoor hey guys nobody likes working here we're a leaky bucket the best talent's abandoning let's go become the top employer of choice i that's not a conversation i've been in in eight years you think that's a discussion with marketing, HR, and, and, and upper level so. management, and I not just, so. oh, that's HR's problem. I, I don't think HR has the tools to solve it. I know they don't have the discretionary dollars that the marketing department has, um, and so I think it is an all play. So tell me a little bit about this uh, Camino thing. So Camino started selfishly. It's kind of, I, I liked listening to Hootsuite because Hootsuite, much like Slack, was built for themselves. And then they realized, hey, we've got something. So uh, Ryan and I love helping gr- uh, brands become cult-like. But when we're being honest about our own personality profiles, we don't love managing people. We didn't get into this business because we wanted huge staffs. We, wanted, we got in this business because we wanted to make a big difference. Unfortunately... There's a correlation uh, between how big you are and how much impact that you can make. So we knew we needed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we birthed Cult Collective, and Cult was our provocative point of view about branding, and Collective was the operating model. We're gonna we, we used Hollywood as our muse when the big studios collapsed, and then you know like Imagine Entertainment had like 24 employees, and that blew our minds because they're making the biggest blockbusters <laughs> yeah. in the world, Ron Howard's group. But every you know they didn't need craft services on staff. They didn't need location scouts or costume design. They, they just built an ecosystem of preferred providers. So we did that and it grew really large. About 70 businesses started becoming Colts ecosystem. And we said, the problem here is that this company doesn't know that company. They only know Colt. So we took Colt out of the middle 
we just became a user and put Communo in and said, okay, now all these 70 businesses can interact with each other through the app. And then we put some staff on it and, and Ryan kind of dedicated uh, his time. So he kind of left Cult to go run Communo. And now there's almost 400 businesses that are able to say, I either need staff augmentation mm-hmm. or I need help with business development. I need some sales. I, need, I'm, I don't have enough work. Those are the two biggest things that usually sink an, an entrepreneur. So it's just a way of uh, using the metaphor of a commune. Everybody brings something, and together we'll, you know, somebody grow the tomatoes, somebody make the marinara <laughs> sauce, somebody uh, wash the dishes, and now we've all had a nice meal. And so that's what Camino is all about. Um, well, aside from Camino, for our listeners that want to learn more about you, where should they go? Me personally, is it probably my LinkedIn profiles where I most actively maintain uh, my uh, points of view or just cultideas.com? So that's Chris Common Spelling and then Neelan, K-N-E-E-L-A-N-D? Yes, sir. And the new book, real quick. Yep. The new book, Fix? Well, yeah, it's... it's It's, I'm sad you say it's been out five years. Oh, is it really? How, it's, can, it's, how come I, have, how come I didn't get one take, yet? It's yet to take over the world. <laughs> it doesn't get to Indiana for a while. Ride the wave, Chris. It's the, the new book. The book <laughs> Fix is really just a, an espousing of the principles that cult brands do. Mm-hmm. One chapter is completely dedicated to building the brand from the inside out. And there's just lots of examples of how businesses have prioritized employee engagement um, and their pursuit of greatness. Awesome. Thanks, man. Excellent. Cool. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit ChadCheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.